from Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the Red Platoon and the Cat. Oh, here we go. Hey, I'm back. I'm back, fellas. Oh, he's back. I'm back. I'm back. Back. You're the one, Radio you're the one that right. Back. You're Just, the one that right takes so much time off when you're you're the leading example of the station. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I feel like it was a good trip to Dubai, though. I appreciate you uh, inviting me out there for a, for a business trip for the radio board meetings. Board meeting, um, yeah, board meeting. You would have been, um, been very bored. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Steve. Oh, was that's right. We weren't meant. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> My bad. Yeah, Dad, I thought the meetings went really well. I think our um, Saudi Arabian takeover of the radio station is going to go down well. Uh, look, it, it sucks that we can't take Ted and Steve with us, uh, but that's what happens when you get takeover. Do you know what I mean? The older players get pushed to the side and the young the young youth comes through. So I'm letting you say that, mate. I'm not getting involved. You're going to get me into heaps of trouble, I'm telling you. Did you hear the show yesterday? Do you know what I didn't, mate? I was travelling. What, oh, what a horrendous journey. Um, there you go. You've been there's some, there's some good ones in there. There's some good ones in there for you, Radio Dad. Uh, oh, it was I, all Ted, though. Should I be concerned? Should I be concerned? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just hammered you, Dave. Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's normal, Steve. I've come to expect that. <laughs> <laughs> you, trip, mate. you, I did like your whale song. Your Geordie Whale song that you posted. Was it you? <laughs> On that WhatsApp group that, that we me. don't talk about? Oh, was that you, mate? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, we yeah, trying to right. catch up. Hey, what a hell of a flight <laughs> in, by the way, to Newcastle Airport yeah, last night. Yeah, it would have been. What a flight. Yeah. He, uh, he aborted yeah, the first landing about 10 feet from the ground. And oh. Um, oh, it was like it was like a roller coaster ride, mate. A bad oh roller coaster my God. ride. There's actually, a, there's actually a YouTube channel that does specifically send people out just to go and film planes landing, Dave. You might have made it under there. Might you have might have been, yeah. Yeah, might have done. I mean, I'm a pilot, so I can understand. I mean, my wife hated it because I'm, I'm there sitting next to her saying, well, he's doing this right now. He's doing this right now. You know, if he doesn't get it right, he will have bought it. It's called a go-around. Then all of a sudden, woof, the engines went on. And he oh, says, uh, we're no. going around uh, because of the weather conditions. So everybody's there with white knuckles. And I'm loving the ride. I'm sitting there going, go on, man. Let's see if we can do it a second time. <laughs> do you know what he's doing? No, uh, darling. He's, um, he's, do, he's, he's, he's carrying out his missed approach. And oh, uh, he's got a no. specific heading to fly. And he's got to, you know. So she said, just shut up and don't give me the information. <laughs> You're the worst kind of person to sit next to. You are. You are. <laughs> anyway, the look, one that knows too much. He made it second time round because he did turn around and say, look, fella. He, he didn't say, look, fellas. He went to, because uh, he was Air France, he went, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, uh, we are having to go <laughs> away. Yeah, yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But he, he did say, if I don't make it second time round, we'll go to Edinburgh. And I was thinking, well, we'll see the boys wow. in the morning if we go to Edinburgh. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to get That's it down, close. mate. We've got to, you know, I've got to talk to the boys. Oh, well, we're glad you made it home safely, mate. That's we got for there. sure. Feet on the ground. We've got five minutes into the show, and not one of you has mentioned the fact that you've got a semi-final tonight. And okay, well, that was, you know, oh, we're I'm keeping nervous. our powder dry. I'm nervous. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what you want to talk. I mean, I'm nervous. I haven't slept. <sighs> I mean, I'm struggling. to. I keep sitting there thinking, and then... I, I hear stuff like Chelsea got 10 players injured and then my hope goes up and then, you know, we got Rogers speculation and I don't know what to think. I got people DMing me going, how are you sleeping? I'm not sleeping. All right? I don't know how to feel. I'm scared and I'm nervous and it's yeah. it's David v Goliath part two, really. 
Uh, I'm worried. I think I think our injury crisis, mate, is just gonna. It's just gonna. It's gonna peak, isn't it? It's. Ah, mm. is he? No, is he? I mean, at least uh, they've not ruled him out yet. But nah, I can't see, see him stats? coming back from a from a hamstring. Even if it's a hamstring tweak, I can't see him coming back within a matter of days. Nah, nah. Did you see the the stats as well? The stats are scary. What's the stats, stats just kill me. So the stats here, right, lads? Ready? Ready for this? So this is obviously, uh, <clears throat> obviously between Middlesbrough and Chelsea. But here we go. Middlesbrough have reached the EFL Cup final in our last three semi-finals. All right, but Good have been eliminated both times in their semi-final second leg away when it was away. All right. So oh god. And when Chelsea have lost the first leg. They have reached the final in two of the last three, with both of those second legs being at Stamford Bridge. Oh. <laughs> Big start. Big start. <laughs> However, oh, in 1988, in the then-new playoffs, <laughs> Middlesbrough took a 2-0 lead to Stamford Bridge, lost 1-0, and relegated Chelsea from the old first division. However, yes. we've, only, we've only got a one-goal advantage. Is it enough? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, we're not we're not expecting to go and batter them, are they? After we won all drawed with Rotherham, but um, I mean, you know, with no with no Emmanuel Latte Lath and Coburn sort of just coming back from Niggles as well, no real recognised striker. We got Rogers coming back, but we have got to remember now that we lose Ailing, we lose Finnazaz. You know what I mean? They both can't play because they're cup tied, and they've been. I'd say Luke Ailing's been a great, you know, important great addition, you know, hasn't he? We got to we got to find a, a replacement for him now tonight, and then obviously. Finazaz can't play, um, you know, and, and there's, there's all these boys that are now cup tied that can't play. So Sam Greenwoods and the like, you know, players that would be there in the first 11 on the weekend. So it's going to be interesting to see what squad he picks. Obviously, he will be going there to win or, you know, at least I mean, a win or draw gets us there. I mean, a win or draw gets us there. It's just, and we lose by, you know, less than two goals or so, you know, it's this. I mean, we could, draw the, know, we could draw the game and go to penalties and win it that way, can't we? Yeah, we could, we could, we could draw, we could. I mean, if we draw it though, if we draw the game, we get, we win, don't we? Because we won the first leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you yeah. draw the game, so, you, so you, you, you draw the, the game, you're through. Is that I mean, what, kind, what yeah. kind of men, what kind of mentality is he gonna? Well, no, if you draw, if oh, you draw no, if we draw the game, game, sorry, I thought you meant draw overall on aggregate. No, no, if you no, draw, no, 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 no. If we draw, we win. Yeah, I was talking aggregate. If we, you know, if they, no, they win one nil. Away goals don't count. Do they? Away goals, they don't count now, do they? No, when there's no way, girls. Nah, nah. I mean, if we, I don't get it. If if they, if they beat us two-one, for example, I mean, I don't know how that works. Because then it would, the aggregate would be two-all. But we've scored one away goal, so potentially, does that count as more? You don't. I don't know. Not anymore. Yeah, there you go. So then it's a draw. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I times. mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see whether he parks the bush tonight or whether he goes for it'll it. Be interesting, Carrick's, yeah. Carrick's got to make that decision, and it's uh, you know, I, I think I, I've watched Chelsea on on numerous occasions um, on Sky, but also watched you know them up close when we've played them. And and to be honest, yeah. they don't frighten me at all. I mean, we should have dispatched them in the last round, and that's that's the disappointing thing for Newcastle this season. We should have beaten them, and should have been us yeah. in the semi final against Middlesbrough. But you know, we didn't take our 
our chances and um, you know a mistake by Trippier cost us dearly and it went to the, the dreaded penalty shootout so there's nothing there's nothing that should fear Middlesbrough and especially the fact that they've beaten them already um, in the first leg I think you should go there yeah, exactly. with a bit of confidence you've just got to have confidence in your own ability to turn turn them over um, you know this isn't this isn't Manchester City at, at, at the Etihad and, and it's not Arsenal at, um, it's not Arsenal at the Emirates or Liverpool at Anfield Chelsea aren't the team they were okay they've hit a bit of form you know they've, they've you know they've done well in the last few Premier League games um, but you know this but you know they're, they're under the microscope and the pressure is on them they're the Premier League team yeah. they've got to take it yeah. they've got to take it to Borough and it's up to Michael Carrick and, and his lads to find a way around you know you know, find find a way around them that's that's the key um, an yeah. early goal is what Middlesbrough want if they get 2-0 oh, yeah. up then that's going to that really is going to set the cat amongst the pigeons and you know, I, I I genuinely think you've got a chance tonight. I I've just uh, mm-hmm. something tells this tells me that you've got an opportunity, a real opportunity tonight. And I I don't think I don't think Carrick is is taking you know the one nil advantage for granted. I think um yeah I think you've got a chance. It's it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be watching it. I'm looking forward to watching it. Ooh, I yeah. think um I think it's a it's a you know it's time for for right to wake up the neighbours. I know you haven't got your Ooh, yeah. monitors, but even if you're sitting, no, we're back. You're sitting we're back. Oh, you've got it. Oh, well, yeah, I had to. I had to. I had to go and pick some out of the bin because uh, there's no way I'm not doing you know watching this one with everyone. Uh, there's no way. It's one of the biggest games we've had. In the past 20 years, you know what I mean, I can't remember a bigger tie in our past couple of years. Obviously, getting promoted to the Premier League under Karanka was huge, but you know, this is massive for us. So, I had to, I had to pull some monitors out, boys. I uh, went and stole some from the neighbours, and uh, you know, th- and then I'll, I'll wake them up with them as well. So, but it's actually, yeah, it's, it's not really, bad for me. It's a, a really, really good welcome to the neighbourhood, mate. It's got really good it welcome. Is, yeah. It is. I've nicked your monitors, and now I'm going to wake you up. <laughs> Good morning. How are we going? So yeah, it's a six AM start for me, but I uh, I can't wait. I'm not sure I'm going to sleep well tonight. That's for sure. Yes, coverage starts seven o'clock tonight on Sky, and um, there was a uh, uh, you know a big game last night as well in the championship, which we'll come to. But uh, shall we have some sports headlines? No, Ted with us this morning. He's, no, uh, he's, he's had he's he's had a, an emergency meeting at work, uh, so he's got a he's got a do the day job. But uh, he did send in some headlines as well. Which, uh, That's what he's done. He did send some headlines in for us, which is very. <laughs> End of the young man. <laughs> Indeed. But there's only one place to start on such a morning. Smoggies and Proud. You. Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. It is the day. The day has arrived, my beautiful Borough fans. It is time. And it is a time for Middlesbrough to dare to dream. Borough head to Chelsea tonight to play in the second leg at Stamford Bridge, knowing a win or draw will see them in the final for the first time in 20 years. Oh, my goodness. Nerves. Tears, emotions, highs and lows. They will all be present in any Borough fan today. So that's just a short message that goes out to any boss out there in Middlesbrough who has a Middlesbrough fan as a worker. Chelsea boss Maurizio Pochettino has said that his side need to respect Borough and will be facing another tough test. The Chelsea boss also confirmed that his side will be without 10 players due to injury tonight. But they need to stand up and show the world what they are capable of by making finals and pushing towards their goals. <laughs> and how's this? Like we said, 20 years to the day on the anniversary of that legendary Carling Cup winning team, they're all back. They're reuniting on the side to celebrate the 20-year anniversary of Borough's greatest day. In an event hosted at Middlesbrough Town Hall on Thursday, the 29th of February, two decades to the day since that Carling Cup triumph in Cardiff, it will be a chance to reminisce about Borough's journey to the competition final. 
The thrilling victory over Bolton Warriors Wanderers that ended a 128-year wait for major silverware. Oh, <laughs> headlining the event guest list will be club lifting club and club captain and now England boss Gareth Southgate. Hello, as well as fan favorite Juninho. He's back. The little masters here. And while we're also delighted to see Frank Kudrow, George Boateng, Stuart Downing, Massimo Macaroni, and Slizard Nemeth will all be in uh, in appearances there as well. What a night that would be. And just finally for the Borough fans, Aston Villa have now submitted an improved, significant new offer to Borough for Morgan Rogers. According to Fritz Fabrizio Romano, Rogers remains Aston Villa's and United Emery's priority for the January window. He also states that Rogers sees this as a huge opportunity and wants to move. That's the latest on Rogers. Will we? Won't we? Time will tell, but tonight is the night. We are here. We are ready. We are the borough. Dare to dream, borough fans. That's your headlines. Magpies and proud. Mags News. Well, after weekend rumours regarding Trippier and Wilson, talk of departures from St James's Park moved on yesterday. It claims that Miguel Miron had been targeted by Saudi Pro League Al-Shabaab. Al-Shabaab are not one of the four PIF-owned clubs in the league. However, that interest in the Paraguayan was disputed by many other media outlets. With less than a week until they host Newcastle at Craven Cottage in the FA Cup, Fulham looked to be having problems in finding enough home fans to fill their stadium. As a result, the cottages have now placed tickets on public sale, although anyone wishing to purchase needs to create an account on their website. When this has happened previously, Fulham were prone to cancelling orders in accounts that they deemed to be from away supporters. It's usually the postcode that's the giveaway. And Newcastle fans were allocated P4-7 of the put the end, but there's no possibility of any extra tickets, with Fulham having already sold some of P1-3. to Tickets for Newcastle's Premier League visit to Emirates Stadium on Saturday, February the 24th are now on sale to season ticket holders. Uh, the initial points requirement was set at 115 and the first reduction is at 2 o'clock today. And following the postponement of Friday night's Premier League Cup tie against Fleetwood Town under 21s due to an adverse pitch condition at Chorley Football Club, a new venue and date has now been announced. The under 21s are set to face the Fishermen at their main Highbury Stadium. And that's the first time that any Magpie side has visited there. The tie is set to take place on Wednesday, January the 31st, and that's a 7 o'clock kickoff. That's in Newcastle headlines on Tuesday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Your Tuesday headlines. Gary Rowett has hailed the qualities of Sunderland winger Jack Clark with David Moyes West Ham pushing for his signature this January. The rumours are that former Borough favourite Chris Wilder's Sheffield United and Vincent Company's Burnley are also keen on Jack Clark this month. But ex-Willwall boss Gary Rowett, who shared that he once tried to sign the former Tottenham player, thinks he could make the step up to the Premier League. Gary Rowett added that Jack Clark is a player that can do it at any level and he is showcasing great end product this season as he told the transfer show on Sky Sports. Sunderland women claimed an impressive 3-0 victory over Sheffield United women on Sunday afternoon at a very windy Eppleton Colliery Welfare Ground in the Barclays Women's Championship. The first half ended goalless despite Sunderland comfortably controlling proceedings. The lasses returned from the break in similar fashion and deservedly took the lead through Ellen Jones before a brace from Emily Scar sealed victory. The lasses returned action in the Continental Tyres Cup on Wednesday evening when the welcome Women's Super League side Aston Villa at Eppleton Colliery Welfare. And finally, Sunderland looks set to miss out on one of their reported striking targets. While Sunderland looked to sign a new striker this month, one of the players they have been linked with is Blackburn forward Sam Gallagher. 
The 28-year-olds contract at Ewood Park are set to expire this summer and according to Football Insider, Birmingham have opened talks to sign Gallagher ahead of the Black Cats, claiming new Blues boss Tony Mowbray has made bringing in a striker a top priority this month. They are your Sunderland headlines this morning. Oh, we miss him when he's not here, but we still get him somehow. <laughs> yeah, well, he yeah, always sends his headlines in. Here, no? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't sound as bad, did he? He didn't sound, he didn't he sound as if he was right, under really? threat. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, he did. He's, he's, he's probably done about 12 takes of that just to make sure that he didn't hear as bad as he had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wasn't can, happy, was he? Not being able to be here today. We he wasn't happy. About him. Yeah, he was human. I reckon he's listening, you know. I reckon he's got. <laughs> I reckon he's got an AirPod, an AirPod in one ear at work, while uh, while he's going. Yes, yes, sir. No, sir. Three bags full, sir. What did what's, he? What's he just said about me? He... <laughs> <laughs> so what last he night, to me when I was away, he said uh, something like, "If you've got time to listen, which, you've got time to which talk." Day, which day? <laughs> it was a stressful took... time, Steve. Okay. A stressful time. All you were doing is moving house, man. Shifting a few boxes. One of the big three. It's one of the big three most stressful things to do in life. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Divorce, Thank you, death. Dad. Well, I think death's number one. And not that you'll be very is stressed it? if it's you. I mean, but I mean, uh, yeah, a family member, death. Uh, then divorce, then moving house. The three most stressful things yep. in life. I would have said marriage as well, to be honest. I'd have said being a Sunderland <laughs> fan, but you know, that's me. The wedding. The wedding. The wedding. The, the wedding. wedding itself stressful. Yep. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. Yep. Are we all being married, fellas? Are we all being married? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, did an, anybody else get absolutely hacked off with people going smile for the amount of cars, yes. the amount of yeah? Okay, good. It wasn't just me then. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 The photographer, <laughs> that, you know, you're trying to you know enjoy it, and they keep pulling you away. Anyway, let's let Steve talk. Yeah. I'm sorry. Steve. Let's yeah. talk football, lads, uh, which is what the show is about, not weddings. Leicester won. <laughs> Ipswich won last night, um, and a big game in the top of the table. Um, Leicester still managing to, to to lead the pack. Ipswich hanging on still by the the fingertips. I think we've all spoken on on here over the the last few months since. We feel it'll be Leicester who falls away, but they're still they're still sitting there in second place. However, uh, this one-one draw has probably done Southampton a big favour. Um, you know, oh, yeah. Southampton now uh, only a point behind Ipswich, and uh, certainly the team that's built up a, a bit of momentum. But um, yeah, uh, disappointing result for Ipswich last night, right? Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was it was incredible to see, obviously, the top two go at it. The teams that you know, have been the top two. Have, all year, really. So it was an important game for both of them to see really where they're at. But Ipswich's run of form lately hasn't been the greatest. They've had a fair few injuries. They obviously lost their striker, main striker as well. Uh, you know, he went down. So, so they've been struggling for goals. But And they've obviously got Southampton nipping at their heels. So, yeah, draw was was a fair result, I thought. Sarmiento getting the goal in the 89th minute. And then, the, obviously, they were spewing from Davis' own goal as well. But uh, tell you what, Leicester... They always manage to find a way. I mean, they're at home. You know what I mean? They're well coached over, under Enzo Maresca as well, uh, the former Man City set number two as well. And uh, I think it's clear to see that Leicester, Ipswich and Southampton are going to be battling out now. I mean, I think Leeds obviously being four points behind. I know it's not a massive, uh, you know, gap, but I just feel like that that first, second and third is kind of set for me now. It's going to be between Leicester, Ipswich and Southampton. They've just sort of running away with it. Ipswich is a surprise packet of this season. They've actually just been promoted from League One. Now they're going to go, you know, straight up in, back into the Premier League. It's an incredible turnaround and what a, you know, what a massive effort from them and their squad. And obviously the coaching under Kieran McKenna is, you know, second to none. 
Southampton, obviously, crawling back. Uh, they're doing really well as well. I think they have a chance, and my pick would be that it's going to be Leicester Southampton to go up in that first and second. Oh, and then Ipswich are going to slide into those playoffs. with me. Yeah. Yeah, and then I think you'll find that Ipswich, uh, and it's pretty much, apart from West Brom, I feel like West Brom's spot is still a bit iffy for me, but the Southampton leads and Coventry in there at the moment, taking third, fourth, and fifth, sixth, sorry, uh, is, is pretty much set in stone, and we hope that sixth spot can go to us, but it's going to be a battle for it, I think, because, yeah, the other teams are just running away with it. But a, a good game last night. Uh, I did watch the, the highlights this morning, and, um, yeah, it was interesting to see uh, that it, it, I feel it was a tale of two halves for Ipswich. The second half was much more like the Ipswich that I've come to know. Uh, and I feel like the first half, they were probably a little bit sort of, I guess, intimidated being at Leicester and, and, and away from home and stuff. But they did settle into the game and uh, could always push, you know, a good team, you know, to the limit, which is, you know, what they're going to need to do if they do go up next next season. But Davey lad, I think, uh, yeah. I think yeah, it's between Leicester, Ipswich and Southampton for me, those three. I don't think so. I think it's Leicester, Southampton nailed on. I've been saying that now for a few weeks. Yeah. I just had the feeling once Leicester had broken away from the shackles that Ipswich had on them, um, and what is it now? It's it's a seven point gap. Um, I just seven, thought yeah. I just thought the mentality of the, the psychology surrounding Ipswich changes, and instead of looking ahead and seeing how many points that are drift of top spot, it's suddenly a look over the shoulders, and it's it's seeing yep. who's coming up on the rails. And Southampton have been in great form. You know, Ipswich have won one in the last five. That's Ipswich's current yeah. league form, and that's a big sign of them stuttering. And it was a great result last night, don't get me wrong, scoring a minute from time to pull a point away from the team that's just dominating the division. Absolutely. Would I take that as a Borough fan down there? Of course I would. I'd, I'd, I'd have taken a 1-1 draw with a last-minute a last equaliser. But I just think they're not winning enough games, and Southampton are absolutely flying. Four wins in the last five. And a draw. I mean, they're Crazy. unbeaten uh, in that run as well. Uh, so I think I think Southampton will have will have the match of Ipswich. Uh, I'm not even yep. convinced Ipswich will finish third. I've got a feeling oh, wow. they're going to tail off in the second half of the season. They'll finish fourth. Don't get me wrong. They'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. But Leeds could catch them. Um, Leeds oh. could catch them. And and I absolutely agree about West Brom. What you say? I thought West Brom had fifth spot sorted couple of weeks ago but the way Coventry are coming through like a steam oh, train crazy they're gonna they're yeah. gonna leapfrog West Brom so it really is a yeah. battle for six for everybody else yeah, yeah no, that's the thing isn't it there's always, there's always a dark horse and Coventry seem to be that dark horse at the minute again yeah, wrong. Anybody, again anybody can beat anybody can't they I mean look at Hull City yeah they can yeah. you know I mean anybody can anybody can pull a result out and when, when I saw Hull you know score that goal you think oh where's Hull in the table and you have a look at their seventh place 42 points yeah. <laughs> everybody everybody seems to be in and around the playoffs which is how tight yeah. the division is you yeah. know and, and, and like two wins gets you straight back into that contention where you know you can be talked about but um i i think i think southampton are gonna nip, i think southampton are gonna nip in Ips, Ips, Ips will push them all away it could go to the last couple of yeah. weeks of this but it's um I, I, you just have that feeling that leicester and southampton are yeah. just are, are the teams Ipswich could end up in the playoffs and and be the team that misses out i think um hell of, hell of a set of playoffs though whoever whoever ends up in it yeah I mean, not wrong you know, at the moment you know you would say Ipswich and leeds and West Brom and another. That's that's the way you're looking at it. And then it's anybody yeah. from Coventry Hall, Norwich, Watford, Sunderland, Borough. Um, I would say even Preston have got an opportunity. I think after Preston, I says you know that's probably it. But any of those teams could put a run together and get into a position. And um, are we going to write off Birmingham? Twentieth place, thirty-two points, lads, and that's only nine points. 
was it eight, nine points away from, you know, potentially getting into the playoffs? Could Mogger yeah. do it right? Could Mogger do the, the impossible here and turn relegation certainties into promotion contenders? Can you imagine? I mean, what a turnaround that would be and what a slap to the face of Sunderland that would be. I, I, I know, look, Teddy's a you know good friend of our show and I, I, I do love you, uh, Sunderland boys, but I honestly feel like... Sunderland are going backwards at the moment. Obviously, they're not happy with Beal. They've got some issues going in off and on the pitch. And I feel like they're sliding down. So I honestly think Birmingham have turned it around. I think, you know, they've got, he's got three starts there, Mogger does. He's got one draw and two wins. He's looking like he's got financial backing finally as well. He said a cheeky dig the other day where he said it's good to see that he's, you know, he's got, you know, a, a war chest in the in the window if he wants it, he said. Uh, and I feel like if they can get a couple of signings through that door in the next seven or eight days, that they're going to be right red hot. Mogger's a, Mogger is a very, very good coach, and he sets his teams up very hard to beat. And we can see that evident, you know, in three games. Wayne Rooney, what you were doing <laughs> was obviously nowhere near it, mate, because you can see that Mogger's come in with the same team and just turned it around. So I honestly think Birmingham can quickly slide up that cha- that challenge. We said how cl- close the championship is. As you said, it's only eight points, you know, from from uh, from 20th to, to 10th uh, to 9th even to be equal with Watford. So, you know, a couple of wins, a couple of results at the top of the table for those lads that slide down, you know what I mean? It, it, you can really go up anywhere. I don't think Birmingham will now be relegated. I just think Mogger's too good of a coach. He did it for us. He did it at Sunderland as well. You can see how well uh, they they go. But my tip is, yes, definitely Birmingham to slide up that table and the Mackhams to to start falling a bit sharply under Beal there, Daz. What do you reckon, Dad? You reckon? Yeah, yeah. no, I'm I'm, I'm just listening to what you've got to say. I mean, I can't disagree with anything that you say. Uh, The thing about Mm. Birmingham is they proved they had a good enough squad to be competing yeah. for the championships <laughs> under Eustace. And it was only when they made that absolutely humongous faux pas of, uh, of hiring a manager who isn't um, that, <laughs> that it's taken them to where they are. So if it, And it looks like Mogg has you know, got them enjoying their football again, um, just, yeah. just in a matter of a week and a half, two weeks. Crazy. And the winning, the winning games. And if he can get them back to how they were playing at the start of the season, of course they can climb the table. You know, three, two or three wins over the next, the next four or five games, you will see Birmingham mid-table at least. And yeah. we've still got February, March, and April to go. So um, they're, they're not out of it. But like you say, Steve, no. we're talking about a team that are twentieth in in yeah. the championship who have a chance of making it into the playoffs. But they've got to claw back twelve points. It's going to be tough. And the, and the one thing I think will will be against Mogger is exactly what we talked about 10 minutes ago. There's effectively going to be one slot available and so many yeah. teams are going to be gunning for it. So they've got to go yeah. on a fantastic run between now and April to get themselves, you know, they can get themselves up there and get themselves in contention. I've got absolutely no doubt. But whether they secure sixth spot is going to be a massive ask. I did I laugh at the, the coverage me- last night, Troy Dean. Troy Deeney found himself oh, yeah. found himself a job fairly yeah. quickly last night. He was sitting alongside yeah. Neil Warnock. Did you see that? No, I didn't see I it. Did I was traveling that. It's yeah. very funny. Very, very funny to see him back in the hot seat straight away after his four par, if you could, with Forest uh Forest Rovers. But quickly, just for me as well, with the you, you can kind of tell with some of these teams that are in and around abouts in the championship. Kind of like it makes a big deal for me now that I'm realizing and, and watching football for for a while now how much it makes a difference when your off-field stuff is sorted. And I mean, you've got a chairman backing, 
you're financially stable, you've got no issues off the pitch. It makes for a very, very strong on the pitch sort of thing. And it makes me believe that those teams are really willing and ready to go up into the next league. And that's what makes me question the likes of Sunderland, even Watford, who keep changing their managers. Preston have got some issues around whether Ryan Lowe's the right guy. You know, you look down at that kids, Blackburn have just, Blackburn just loaned out their captain to Ipswich, by the way. So I don't know what, what that's happening there, but for Blackburn Rovers, imagine having your captain being loaned out to another rival team who are second in the championship. It just doesn't make any it's sense. Bizarre. So there's teams in there that are just are set and stable and ready to go up. And there's teams that are not. And I think that when it comes push, does comes to shove at the end of the, at the end of the season, those teams really start to identify themselves and it shows Coventry. I mean, you know, they're flying because they've got a good manager. They've had good recruitment yeah. and they've got a and stable sti- sort of atmosphere. That's exactly stability. it. Stability. That's what yeah, they've stability. got. That's the key. Yeah. That's the yeah. Key. And stability is really the number one ingredient. Stability uh, is what we'll have on this show. It's 7.30 and it is time for some ads. And, and, some sport headlines. and before we play them, just to let you know, we've had a message in from the Sunderland one. Oh, ah, good we morning, shall, Ted. The Greek shall, God himself. Indeed, we shall get to that, as you say, after the uh, after the spot. Together across the northeast. The Timbercat and the Red. Yeah, so we've uh, we've had a bit of a, a message from our resident Sunderland fan. I think it's only fair. The Greek God. Yeah, our oh, Greek God like it, like it. Uh, Cypriot <laughs> fool, I prefer. Um, yeah, it's only fair to put a bit of pig back underneath because it's a message ah. from Ted. To Borough fans. Okay. You ready? Here we go. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Screen moved. Morning, football fans, and especially a good morning to the Borough fans this morning. Sorry I can't be with you on the show. Yes, it's me. It's Ted the Mackham. Best of luck to Borough tonight. I I genuinely, genuinely mean that. Um, I genuinely hope that you get through to the final. If nothing more, it restores a bit of magic into these cup competitions to see a bit of a giant killing. And, of course... It will tire you out and mean that you do finish below us in the championship as well. But that's not what it's about today. Uh, best of luck to you all. Um, safe travels to everyone who's travelling down to Stamford Bridge tonight. I genuinely be- believe you can get a result there. Um, so get behind your team, as you always do, those travelling fans. You're amazing. All the Northeast football fans are amazing travelling fans. We know that. Uh, so, yeah, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but up the borough. Go and do it. Smash them. Yeah. You what? He's God, at the geez, morning that's my new ringtone. Oh, my God, he's there again. Uh, he's had to go wash his mouth out. I'm using that I as my ringtone now. Right, how much are you paying for that? I know, right? I did I see it. Uh, did you hear, uh, uh, we heard at Steve yesterday, a little promise that he did if Borough do win today as well. well. What was that? Oh, we did, yes. Yeah, he made a promise. Yeah, oh, he, did, he didn't reveal it, but he made a promise. He made a promise to us offline yesterday that if Borough do win tonight, that he'll come on the show on Thursday and play and play on the trumpet bit of pig bag he confirmed it he said it yesterday he said if the borough get through to the final then he will be live on this very station on the trumpet playing pig bag just for us so that's a promise for him as well so not only has he set up the borough he's also promising to give us his own rendition of pig bag on his trumpet I mean that would hurt doesn't get much more borough than that does it that would hurt 
It's got to hurt. He'll <laughs> sting the lips as he blows that one out. Despite for sure. what he's just said, uh, I think he speak with forked tongue. I bet he's got the prayer mat out tonight. Called, Go on, Chelsea. I don't want to have to play a pig bang. <laughs> anyway, dear buddy, we're away for a week as well. Oh, go on, right. If I can Again. just apologise, I apologise. I know, I'm sorry. This will be don't the last worry, time. Don't worry, I'm marking them all down. I'll be doing it all I know, tomorrow. I, know. I won't show. do it ever Every again. I won't do it ever again. <laughs> I won't do it again, I promise. But for that, uh, Graham uh, Bandiera, who is a great friend of the show, obviously cartoonist, uh, has drawn an absolutely incredible uh, print uh, of the that will be on the Riverside 2025 camp, uh, calendar. But he's drawn the packed Riverside Stadium against Chelsea in that first leg. It is an absolute spectacle. It's all hand-drawn, uh, and you can catch it on his Twitter. It will be on uh, the 2025 calendar, as I said, is one of the most amenable things. But please, 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 he's a good friend of the show. Go and check out Graham Bandiera on X. Uh, and he's drawn one of the most amazing nights that Burrow will ever remember, that 1-0 victory in the first leg against Chelsea. Sorry, Steve. That's all I it's had. It's all right. It's okay. I'm sorry. Right. Please love me. There has been a new soap opera uh, start when you were away, Dave. It's uh, based at St. James's Park. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say like that. Go on. <laughs> No, it's well. It's like a carry-on film at the minute. Um, I mean, compounded yesterday by the fact that um, the latest announcement of a company's house sees Amanda Stabley's shareholdings reduced. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been diluted down to six percent. Didn't mention it in the headlines. Thought would tackle it mm-hmm. a, a little bit as part of the the what the hell is going on at Newcastle section that I wrote up today. <laughs> um, I mean, you'll have caught bits and bobs of this when you were away, I, I presume. And and then of course you were in you were in Saudi. Um, I mean, f- from my perspective, it's it, it's all it, you know, it, it's all rumor and speculation until we see you know somebody either holding the, the strip of the scarf of another team. Um, uh, it's always the same if you're bringing a player in, Dave. But for me personally, you know, it, it's been a, a mental weekend. It started with Joe Linton uh, and talk about Joe Linton, you know, not you know not signing a new contract and probably probably going to have to leave because it would make him the highest paid, you know, playing member in the squad. It started with that story. Then we heard rumours of Kieran Trippier uh, mm. potentially going to sign for Bayern Munich, and you know confirmation that he'd flown from New York to Germany, and then back from Germany into England uh, with a big smile on his face, and you know lots of rumours flying round that you know that, that potentially a deal had, had already been done, um, which of course hasn't come to fruition. Uh, next up, uh, Callum Wilson. Um, confirmed bid from Atletico Madrid to take him on loan uh, till the end of the season um, and then confirmation that there hadn't just been a loan attempt but also a permanent deal uh, whispers then that his agent and Callum Wilson were open to the move if the club wanted to sell him uh, AC Milan uh, then come in uh, according to the newspapers for uh, Wilson as well keen on signing that. And, and taking him on board Milan then come out and quickly deny that and say that they're looking elsewhere so, you know, then yesterday's news was that mm. Miguel Almiron um, could be up for grabs and could be on his way yeah. to Saudi Arabia to Al Habab. Uh, that seemed to grow legs early early doors in the morning. Craig Hope breaking the story with a Daily Mail quickly jumped on by Fabrizio Romano, who uh, said that that was a, a non-starter. Ben Jacobs ran with it as well. He's got good Middle Eastern so connections. Um, so it it just be, it, it really has just become a, a circus. And and then lack you know lack of communication 
Um, it's something I was talking about yesterday uh, on NUFC matters about Amanda and Mia Dad. They've they've they were once the face of the takeover. They were once you know quite uh, quite evidently you know the, the you know involved on on social media. Mia Dad on Twitter and X. Um, you know Amanda on Instagram talking to the fans, speaking to the supporters. They seem to have withdrawn from public life almost you know over the course of the last six months. Um, and now we see you know obviously the 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 latest set of accounts came out we see that amanda's had a succession of loans which she needs to pay back into the club taken out uh we now find that she hasn't um you know she hasn't basically paid in any funds in 2023 which means she's uh had a shareholders reduced from 10 percent now to six percent so that's uh, meaning that means an increase for the ruben so being a lot of speculation um, that potentially the Rubens will eventually take over the 10% that, that Amanda Stavely's company, uh, Cantervale Holdings, have got. And Stavely and Mia Dad, Gadusi, will, will depart in, in, in due course. So, wow. I mean, it's a hell of a lot to take in. It's a hell of a lot to, to look at. Um, you know, no news of any incomings at St James's Park at the moment. We do know that Javier Manquillo has gone to Celta Vega um, to, to have a reuniting uh, with um, Rafa Benitez. But other than that, nothing concrete. So it's it's just been a mad few days, a, a mad weekend. And in a weekend, really, Dave, where I thought I'd have nothing to talk about mm. uh, <laughs> this week, I thought I'd be struggling to talk about anything. But uh, it looks as if it looks as if the blue touch paper has been lit at Newcastle. And what Darren Eels had come out with the week before um which i was you know i was skeptical of and a bit critical of um you know wondering why he'd come out and said such a thing well maybe this has been part of a big plan dave how much you how much do you think financial fair players had to do with all of this well a lot because, because they've gone they've gone public on this they've gone public haven't they on this and, and saying well, yeah, what their have, position yeah. is and they they can hardly hide their position because the accounts are published so anybody could go and get them anyway and work their way through it so um you know it, it's got to be financial fair play that's coming through because that's why it was mentioned weeks ago that they're going to have to offload one player possibly uh maybe even two so you know removing any sort of players is is going to reduce the the wage bill but then, if it's financial fair play and they need to reduce the wage bill, they're hardly going to go out and spend to bring any new faces yeah. in, which is, it looks like, where, where they're at right now. I mean, that's that's the whiff it's, all of this is giving off, is is we need, we need to cut the costs. We need to get ourselves aligned with financial fair play. Yes, this 100, what is it, 142, 145 million loss over two years is, it's that that's a gross amount, and not all of that will count towards financial fair play because anything to do with the women's team won't all that sort of stuff so training ground costs won't um so maybe maybe it's just a case of they're, they're trying to cut their cloth steve to to make sure that when that third year of costs kick in they're in a they're in a decent place not to do an everton or a forest or a man city or a chelsea which is break financial fair play rules but you know that that doesn't that doesn't swallow pretty easily for the fans does it no, it definitely doesn't. It's um, it's it's been it's just been a tough weekend, and it's it's a typical Newcastle United weekend. At one point, I expected you know Amanda Stavely to come out, pull her you know pull her face off, and reveal Mike Ashley. It had it had that kind of feel to it, you know. It felt, it felt like a 
Scooby Doo episode. Uh, Sounds like V. Does anybody remember that? That I v. do. I yeah. do. Yeah. Good morning, millennials. Yeah, that's uh, it. It's become it's become such it, it's become such a, a calm, soothing place in James's Park. I haven't had this kind of you know circus around it, and um, mm. you know it, it it just riot. It, the last few days has just been it, it's been mad, and I mean you obviously now because you do the show, keep an eye on Newcastle United. I do. Yeah, I do. I follow all Ben Jacobs and everything. Yeah. No, it is. Seeing all of, you know, I follow all the reporters that you, you know, you like and speak to. I follow the boys that are on in UFC Matters as well. So I do get all the Newcastle, you know, stuff. And it's just bonkers seeing how many people are, you know, are linked to leaving rather than coming in. I mean, the only real talk has been Calvin Phillips, but, you know, it was quickly said that, you know, Eddie Howe said he's got no friends in the transfer, you know, market. And, that was it, and there hasn't been really anyone coming in, and then all of a sudden, everyone's leaving. It's just, you know, and with the injury crisis you've had, to be able to, you know, to get rid of, you know, or, you know, Trippier, and uh, it, it's just, it just mind boggles. Now, I don't believe everything we say. It is, you know, it's, it is a month of just crazy transfer rumors and, you know, overpaying and people, you know, panicking if there's someone injured, can they get a replacement in and all that sort of stuff. So, I guess it's taken with a grain of salt, but th- to see so many rumors coming out of Newcastle with all these players leaving rather than anyone going in, it just seems like a bit of a tide, you know, turning. And I think it's leading into what you said, Steve, you know, and you've said it for a long time is that this summer is going to be one of the biggest ever in Newcastle history in the terms of the turnover. I reckon you're going to have this summer. I think it's leading up to that. And I think obviously, I think we've only got what eight days or so left in this transfer window uh, you're not, probably not going to see as all these deals go through. There just won't be enough time. But I think it's leading to see, and you can see now the writing on the wall for some of these boys that have been told or are getting the inkling that they're not going to be wanted in the summer at Newcastle and such is the turnaround there. And these boys are now to maybe jumping on these deals early in January. And I guess it's in Newcastle's best interest as well because in January, no clubs overpay that potentially they can get a couple of good deals out of the way now so that summer isn't such a busy thing. But it really just outlines to me how big Newcastle's summer is going to be of transfers. And obviously they're not getting relegated. Do you know what I mean? They're hoping they'll be in that championship, sorry, the Champions League sort of area, if not Euros. So yeah, I think it's just, you know, it's it's walking towards that, but it's uh, starting to pick up pace. But yeah, honestly, on a, on a weekend off, Stevie boy, that uh, you were meant to just sit back and relax. It's probably one of the busiest sort of headline moments I've seen for Newcastle because it's just asked that question, why are Newcastle needing to sell players? Why, you know, that, that, that's, you know, why are they needing to sell the players? Uh, what's the situation, you know? Why are, we, why are you set to sell so many big name players? And is it FFP and... Is it you know? Is it happening now? Or is it is it summer? Let's. I mean, let's let's see what pans out because there's only a handful of days left uh, for something to uh, to materialise. We've just got over a week, haven't we, until the yeah. window shuts. So, um, but um, one of our regulars, Breakfast Barry, I'm calling him from now on. Um, he's Morning, just, Barry. He's just WhatsApped us and said uh, financial fair play needs scrapping or at least updating. The corrupt six are the only ones who benefit. We must trust the club. Know what it's doing. Uh, an amazing show, guys. Get in. I hope I've read that in. right. I hope I haven't read that as we trust the club knows what it's doing with an amazing show, guys. No, yes. this is ours. I mean, it's not the club well, show. You know, no, it's ours. No, 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 we'll claim it. We'll claim it. Yeah. When Ted's not on, it's funny that the amazing show comes in as well. Yeah, yeah, Ted, yeah, yeah. Uh, just yeah. listening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, we don't get that when he's on, just letting you know there. Uh, but, you know, honestly, for a Newcastle fan, what a busy, busy weekend. Uh, and, you know, Steve, I've just seen you on social media, you retweeting 
Sky Sports and everyone covering it now, mate. You know, why is there a need for Newcastle to sell all these players? Do you honestly yeah. think that you're going to see the likes of Trippier and all that? I, th- I mean, for me, I think Wilson and Trippier are going to stay. The other one, you know, obviously is is Almiron. I, I feel like that's gathering a bit more pace than I thought it would. Yeah, it did seem to be doing that yesterday, but now it seems to have been reeled back in. Um, okay. I don't know whether Newcastle are just testing the water um, yeah. with with a couple of these players, and some of it, some of it's had a uh, you know has been genuine interest. Um, but I think I think Darren Neal's message when you when you go back and watch that seventy eight minute interview again, he's more or less saying all of our players are up for grabs. They're all up for sale. Wow. Um, wow. He's more or less saying. You know, you know, come and come and tell me what you want for them, and I think, I think it could be it could be a clever plan. I I didn't think it was a good idea at first, but maybe he's mm. maybe he's testing the water, um, and trying to get. Is it rebalance the squad? Well, I don't know. Do I don't know. Yeah. I mean, behind the scenes, behind the scenes, the, the, you know, very little gets out now. But from from yeah. what you can hear from certain people, um, there doesn't seem to be any. There doesn't seem to be any issues behind the scenes. Um, yeah. You know, there is a lot of lies and allegations circulating around <laughs> social media, which you know Just we wouldn't repeat on this show. Um, but you know, those kind of things which are going round are, are aren't helping the situation with regards to fans' nerves because people are thinking, well, yeah. that would make sense if you know if this player goes because this is supposed to have happened etc etc so that that that's the kind of world we live in you know it's it, everything's at your fingertips and people can spread a lie as quickly as they mm-hmm. can spread the truth so it becomes a nightmare situation for Newcastle fans who are sitting at home with no game at the weekend so that's where we've been that's literally where we've been for the last you know the last 72 hours so it it's going to be it, as Dave says it's going to be an interesting spot 8-9 days uh, you know, yeah, before the transfer window finishes Newcastle Castle will certainly, I would imagine, if they're going to allow anybody to go, will have a player to come in. Um, I can imagine Dan Ashworth, Darren Eels and Steve Nixon being very busy over the course of the next eight days if if, if we are going to release somebody. Um, the timing of it is the, the thing that has me scratching my head, though, because... January is a bad bad month to to bring anyone in, you know. Moving yeah, someone on is is going to be easy, but you know, bringing someone in. If you sell Wilson, you're you're more or less saying the season you're writing your season off if you don't get another centre forward in. Because I don't see Alexander Isak playing what 15, 16 games nah. um, without nah. getting another knock or another injury or being laid off. Um, yeah. So you you're, you got the FA Cup as well. Still. You're playing the well, we have at the moment, yeah. But you're, yeah. Playing, you're, you're playing, you're playing the rest of the season essentially with no, with with, with no strikers. If Isaac gets yeah. injured, Wilson's Steve, gone. What's the feeling in the water? Out of all the names we've mentioned, which one do you think is most likely to go? If one of them is, Miguel Miron, probably, um, mm. only because, only because you know he's easily replaceable. Um, I think a midfielder, you know, midfield midfield's not where we're struggling, especially we, we don't know exactly what date these people are coming back, but we're led to believe within the next three weeks we'll have three of our midfielders back. Um, certainly Barnes and uh, Murphy are going to be back in the next two weeks and Willock is going to be available within three weeks, we, we would reckon. So from our perspective, um, we're looking at it and going... You know, if Miggy goes, then we've got we've got plenty strength and depth. Um, but I don't think you could replace Kieran Trippier um, for what he does on the pitch and off the pitch. No. He's a leader. Um, if you look at if you look at his career, 
he very rarely stays longer than two years at the club, so it would fit mm. would fit the remit. Um, and Callum Wilson, um, okay, yes, he spends a lot of the time on the sidelines, but look at his goal scoring rate. He's gone into third in the Newcastle United goal scoring goal scoring charts behind uh, behind Shearer and Beardsley. You know what I mean? He scored not more or less. He's got you know fifty goals in a hundred games. You know his his strike rate superb. So for me. Keeping a hold of Wilson till the summer makes more sense because, you know, even if he only played five games, I'll guarantee at least three of those games he'd get a goal which is going to get you a point or, or three. So I, I just would find it strange to sell him. But I've said it long enough as far as Newcastle's team's concerned. We've got about eight or nine players in that squad of which Wilson, Trippier, Almiron a part of it or all in the 30 and over bracket so we've got an agent mm. squad so we do need to start getting you know getting new blood in and 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 start you know moving people on but um it just seems rather strange if if they were going to do it all together you know and, and start yeah. start the process in january another another train of thought is you know we're rebuilding we realize now where we're at we can't continue with this squad we need to move we need we need to move players on we can't do this all in the summer let's do let's start the the rebuild process now we've had two good years we've we've got further than we thought we would in that first two years but we need to start making a move now let's get players out in january let's get some players out in august uh, in in the summer and 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 let's let's really make a you know a, a, a rebuild you know so that's what that's my thinking it's strange it is strange though yeah. it is strange with everything that we've done so far it is it is really strange to see us go you know go down this particular route but clearly the decisions have been made by people um and, and that's where we're at you know we've just, there's, there's nothing we can do while you were away dave as well of course um I, I i read this with interest um on twitter obviously because you know we do follow the other clubs but jimmy coppers friend of the show oh yeah of course jimmy coppers um, jimmy coppers uh, there's been a staggering fan pool over the weekend 91.4% of Sunderland fans want head coach Michael Beale sacked. Mm-hmm. 91.4%. What do you make of that, Dave? Because he's had an absolute, you know, meh in the last couple of weeks. Wow. <laughs> Hashtag Beale out. It's yeah. trending. Well, I, I, it's funny you should ask me that because I'm just going through messages over the last couple of days on WhatsApp that have come in while I've been away. And and I'm just I'm just hovering over one from Sean yesterday, and I'm sure it'll have been mentioned on the show by Daz. It's a simple one liner saying "bail out" and take Speakman yes. with you. Um, Correct. Yes, he like, did read that out. He did. I'm I'm sure he would have done. Um, I mean that's staggering. That is staggering. It's only the sensible lot who have gone. He hasn't had enough time. Uh, give him some time. You might be able to turn this round. It would have it would have been in that less than nine percent voting, uh, not to to get him out. So what? Ninety one plus percent wow i mean that's it, it all comes off the back of the fans didn't want mogger to go that's it no. i mean that's yeah. has has bill had a fair crack of the whip um only Sunderland fans can tell us that and it's a pity ted's not on uh because as a borough fan we just see and and and, and smile at what's going on at the stadium of light to be fair um <laughs> so for 91 percent of fans to say get him out Wow, what a turnaround that is. Mind you, is it a turnaround? Because they didn't want him in the first place. No, they didn't. I think when they sacked Mogger, I think the the biggest thing was that, okay, 
I think they. I think it was. A, it, it came a bit of a shock, but I think they could all see a little bit of writing on the wall. We'd spoke about the press conferences that Mogga had said, and you know, he he'd, he'd, he'd the writing was on the wall a little bit for that. And I was kind of like, i have kind of like, okay, well, that's good. You know, what I mean, like they've they're, they're parted ways now. It's their time. But then to go and get Beal, it, it, it's it's it shocked. I feel like the shock of getting Beal was bigger than the shock of letting Mogga go. Well, what because was the, if what you're was the problem sack, with Mogga? The problem with Mogga exactly. was he was starting to speak, wasn't he? He was starting yes. to say, you've got to look after me. We need a striker. Yeah, I need We're a striker. not getting goals. Yeah. You know, exactly. uh, what I've got's not quite not good enough at the moment. We need an option. Exactly. And he kept stating and stating and overstating. And I think that was the problem. They, they didn't like that. So, no. you know, I don't mean this disrespectfully to Beale. I'm genuinely asking a question. Did they go with Michael Beale because they were confident he wouldn't say such things? <laughs> I mean, it's a good, it's a good point. And, and you know, he, he even on the weekend he said that you know the club's in need of a striker. He said it exactly how Mogga said it. Do you know what I mean? But no one's kicking up a stink now. It's just you know he's saying that you know the club's in desperate need of a striker. And I mean, but you know the fans obviously have had one of the I would say what about two weeks now since the derby and in, in that lead up to the derby, it's probably been couple of the biggest weeks Sunderland have had in a long time. I mean, in, terms, in leading up to that derby, we saw the bar getting, you know, done by Newcastle. Uh, we saw them rock up on the day getting done by Newcastle as well in their, you know, their own backyard. The decision did not allow the fans um, to flag. The, the decision, stuff, yeah. the flags, you know, the, the 6,000 tickets and all that sort of stuff. You know, where's the questions? Right, Mogger getting sacked, Bill come in. Is there a chance there they turn around? They still haven't purchased anyone in this transfer window, which leads me to believe that the money's not there for Bill. Uh, so he's got to work with the current squad he's got. Jack Clark, will he, won't he sort of thing. It's a very, very unrestful time at Sunderland. And that just goes to show you how quickly that bill out has, has started. And it's trending now. I mean, we well, saw Jimmy Coppers, like you said. We're three neutrals. We're three neutrals in this. Um, and I do re- I reiterate, it's a pity Ted's not here, but I think I know what he'd say. So the question to you two guys, has Bill been given a fair crack of the whip? No, let him continue. <laughs> is that said as a, <laughs> as a Sunderland fan with a smirk on his face? Is that a Newcastle uh, new fan with a smirk on his face? Don't way. call me a Sunderland fan. I do apologise. It was a slip of the tongue. Um, joking aside, I mean, look, it's it's quite obvious he wasn't the man for the job. He's he's no. been given this. He's been given the job, and 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 I, you know, like Ted says, I'm using using Ted's words. Yeah, he must do a great interview. Um, you know, and and I think we've been having a laugh in the in the WhatsApp group. Rice been going, you know, you get him to do people's CVs because honestly, you know, <laughs> he's clearly not the man for the job. He's clearly not the man for the job. It's absolutely mental that he's walked into Sunderland because Sunderland are a big club, and Sunderland should have somebody there who you know who can who can do the job. And I just think replacing the experienced Tony Mowbray. With somebody inexperienced whose CV is 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 nothing short of, of pathetic, is was crazy, and you know this this is another second before the end of the season. This is definitely this is definitely a chance to hold your hands up now, uh, Dreyfus, and say I've made an absolute you know error yeah. here. I'm I'm going to have to move on, but he'll be gone before he'll be he'll be gone before the end of the season, lads. You think so? Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think he'll make it. No, I completely agree with Steve. I don't think he'll make it. The fans already turned. 90-odd percent, you know, when, with, what, seven, six games in? I mean, that you, there's no way he can come back for that. Unless he gets them promoted in the first place, which is just not going to happen. Have you we had... I mean, unless... Sorry. I mean, the, the, oh. You go. 
Well, I, I thought we lost you there for a second. Sorry, I was just going to ask. <laughs> I just I was just going to ask if we had cut Jimmy Coppers on to talk about this. No, we haven't. Oh, no, we haven't. On. No, we, we, we do need to get an update because, I mean, we're seeing Sunderland. This, I got to read this to you yesterday, and I was going to out Ted, but I won't because we, we do love our Greek gog. But this is a, a post, lads, uh, yesterday on uh, the Sunderland uh, Facebook page, right? This is from the Sunderland AFC fans group. This is the type of decisions and, and, and sort of changes they want. I want Troy Deeney to come in as player coach to the end of the season. Then we make a decision. He's 33 and was playing a month ago. Who says no? <laughs> so, I mean, if they want to sack Beal and get Troy Deeney in as player coach, you must be down pretty bad. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that is a wild statement there. He's too busy on Sky, man. He's too busy on Sky. He's got, he looked very comfortable he on the set. He uh, alongside Neil Warnock. Uh, we've, we've got a message. We've had a, another. The WhatsApp's starting to take off this morning. If you'd like to be part of, part of it, you can. Uh, you can WhatsApp us your comments or your voicemails or whatever you want to do. Uh, 0330-043-2002. That's 0330 0330- 043 2002. You can give us a call and have a chat with us live on the show as well via WhatsApp. Uh, but Danny has uh, sent us a couple of messages. Morning, gents. Uh, Sunderland have committed a mega four par by appointing Beale. That's his comment. He, I think he is a Newcastle fan, though, because he then goes on to say if uh, NUFC uh, are going to challenge in the years to come, we will need to rebuild. Won't happen overnight, but need to chill and remember the future's bright, the future's black and white. And I was a Borough fan. I could rephrase that, but I can't say it on the radio. Uh, best of luck to Borough tonight. Oh, I take back what I've just said. Best yes. of, What a good lad he is. Best of luck uh, to the Borough tonight. P.S. No Thank Australian you. dollars were exchanged for the above comment. <laughs> Eight Thank o'clock. you for not adding me. The first hour has gone. Uh, it is time for some news and a tune, and we'll be back. Johnny hates jazz and shattered dreams. Uh, right across the northeast on the count, the red and the tuna is the northeast footy. Brecky with the gang minus Ted. And good morning. We, we, good morning, Steve. Uh, and I've good got to morning. make a public apology. I had a slip of the oh. tongue in the last hour. And oh, no. I actually did call Steve a Sunderland fan at one point. I did try oh, and quickly no. correct it, but he was in like a rapier and he said, was. don't call me a Sunderland fan. So I do apologise, Steve. Accepted. Thank you. And, of course, those conversations that we have off air that we don't talk about uh, has revealed both Ryan and myself having nervous wheeze this morning. We are. <laughs> we are. I'm weeing like crazy. I've never weed like this before in my life, but every uh, 10 minutes uh, I seem to dear, de- to dear nervously me. wee. Yes. What a day. Yeah, it did. What a day ahead. Uh, but down at Chelsea, of course, semi-final, second leg of the Carrier Bank Cup. Um, uh, you know, just get over the hurdle of... Uh, Chelsea, then we do Liverpool mm. in the final and we're into Europe. Mate. Imagine. I mean, it's, it's dead easy. Imagine. Yeah, dead easy. Oh, my God. What a potential, hey? What that, a potential. That sounds like a cup run wow. Newcastle have had. <laughs> Playing Chelsea, then Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't get any easier the further you get into these cup competitions, unfortunately. But nope. um, you've just got to enjoy it, lads. You've just got to enjoy the experience. You're 1-0 up. Um, you go down there full of confidence. Hopefully, you know, you've got, uh, you know, the, the, the best squad that you can put out and... You've got to trust Carrick. Um, you know the one thing. You, the one Always. thing you say about Michael Carrick is he's played in these games. 
so he knows what yep. he's doing and that's a bit of experience from his behalf he can he can walk into that dressing room unlike Michael Beale um, and say I've played in the semi-final I've played in, I've played in these big games and he can give he can he, you know players will listen to him um, they'll be excited mm-hmm. I think the Borough I think the Borough players will be excited about going down to Stamford Bridge it, I mean look depends which players we've got the way the way, the way to look at this the way to look at this isn't this isn't your cup final because if you go in with that kind nah. of attitude then you're going to get knocked out um, this, yeah. this is your opportunity to get to Wembley and your, your mind should be focused on the job in hand and getting to, get to Wembley tonight big big game I, mm. I've, I have got faith in Middlesbrough we will come to some predictions later on uh, but uh, I think at 8 minutes past 8 we should uh, go through some headlines just before we do we've had a WhatsApp in from uh, another regular Breakfast Jack uh, morning lads really enjoying the show today morning, it just Jack. seems better than morning. usual Oh, oh like doesn't that. it, Jack? Uh, hey, doesn't I've, it? I've heard Sunderland are in talks with Steve Bruce and Rooney coming in as his, his assistant. Love it, love it, like it, like <laughs> it, like it. <laughs> love it, Jack, love it. Indeed. Uh, yeah, look, well it, is, it is semi-final second leg day, so sorry, we normally mix them up, but let's do it again. Smoggies and proud. Borough News. Good morning, Borough fans. It is here. The day has arrived and I am nervously weeing like I've never weed before. It is Middlesbrough's time to dare to dream. Borough head to Chelsea tonight to play in the second leg at Stamford Bridge, knowing a win or draw will see them in the final at Wembley for the first time in 20 years. Oh my goodness. Nerves, tears, emotions, highs and lows will be present in any Borough fan today. And that's just a short message to any boss out there with a Middlesbrough fan in their ranks. Chelsea boss Maurizio Pochettino has said that his side needs to respect Borough and will be facing another tough test. The Chelsea boss also confirmed that his side will be without 10 players due to injury tonight. But they need to stand up and show the world what they are capable of by making finals and pushing towards their goals. <laughs> and on that anniversary, 20 years to the day, can you believe it? The legendary Carling Cup winning team are reuniting on the tea side. Hell yes! Uh, to celebrate 20 year anniversary of Borough's greatest day. An event hosted at Middlesbrough Town Hall on Thursday, the 29th of February, two decades to the day, uh, and hosted by Gary Phillipson, it will be a chance to reminisce over Borough's journey to the competition's final. The thrilling victory over Bolton Wanderers that ended our 128-year wait for major silverware. Headlining the event guest list is clublifting captain and now England boss Gareth Southgate, as well as fan favourite the little master Juninho. And we're also delighted to have Frank Kudrew, George Boateng, Stuart Downing, Massimo Macarone and Slizzard Nemeth back at the borough for that. What a night that would be. Uh, maybe a little riot trip over there on the private jet. And finally, Aston Villa have submitted an improved and significant new offer to borough for Morgan Rogers. According to Fabrizio Romano, Rogers remains Aston Villa and Unite Emery's top target for the January window. He also states that Rogers has seen this opportunity as massive and he really wants to move. Time will tell whether that will happen. It won't happen today though because Rogers has to lace up his boots against Chelsea tonight, you would think. Up the borough, it's here. Our nerves, our future. Come on, borough, please. That's your headlines. Magpies and proud. Mag News. Good morning, Newcastle fans. After weekend rumours regarding Kieran Trippier and Callum Wilson, talk of departures from St James's Park have moved on yesterday to claims that Miguel Miron had been targeted by Saudi Pro League club Al Shabab. Al Shabab are not one of the four PIF-owned clubs in that league. However, the interest in the Paraguayan was disputed by many other media outlets. 
With less than a week until they host Newcastle at Craven Cottage in the FA Cup, Fulham look to be having problems in finding enough home fans to fill their stadium. As a result, the cottages have now placed tickets on public sale, although anyone wishing to purchase tickets needs to create an account on their website. When this happened previously, Fulham were prone to cancelling orders and accounts that they deemed to be from away supporters. The postcode is usually the giveaway. And Newcastle fans were allocated P4 to P7 of the Putney end, but there's no possibility of any extra tickets, with Fulham having already sold some of P1 to 3. And tickets for Newcastle's Premier League visit to the Emirates Stadium on Saturday, February the 24th are now on sale to season ticket holders. The initial points requirement was set at 115 and the first reduction is at 2 o'clock today. And following the postponement of Friday night's Premier League Cup tie against Fleetwood under 21s due to adverse pitch conditions at Chorley Football Club, a new venue and date has now been announced. Newcastle under-21s are now set to face the Fishermen at their main Highbury Stadium, which is the first time that any Magpie side has visited there. The tie is set to take place on Wednesday, January the 31st, and it is a 7 o'clock kickoff. That's in Newcastle headlines on Tuesday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. Here are your Tuesday headlines. Gary Rowett has hailed the qualities of Sunderland winger Jack Clark with David Moyes' West Ham pushing for his signature this January. The rumours are that former Borough favourite Chris Wilder's Sheffield United and Vincent Company's Burnley are also keen on Jack Clark this month. But ex-Wilwall boss Gary Rowett, who shared that he once tried to sign the former Tottenham player, thinks he could make the step up to the Premier League. Gary Rowett added that Jack Clark is a player that can do it at any level and he is showcasing great end product this season as he told the transfer show on Sky Sports. Sunderland women claimed an impressive 3-0 victory over Sheffield United women on Sunday afternoon at a very windy Eppleton Colliery Welfare Ground in the Barclays Women's Championship. The first half ended goalless despite Sunderland comfortably controlling proceedings. The lasses returned from the break in similar fashion and deservedly took the lead through Ellen Jones before a brace from Emily Scar sealed victory. The lasses returned action in the Continental Tyres Cup on Wednesday evening when the welcomed women's Super League side Aston Villa at Eppleton Colliery Welfare. And finally, Sunderland looks set to miss out on one of their reported striking targets. While Sunderland looked to sign a new striker this month, one of the players they have been linked with is Blackburn forward Sam Gallagher. The 28-year-old's contract at Ewood Park is set to expire this summer and according to Football Insider, Birmingham have opened talks to sign Gallagher ahead of the Black Cats, claiming new Blues boss Tony Mowbray has made bringing in a striker a top priority this month. They are your Sunderland headlines this morning. Right across the the cat, the and the red. Now I know he does talk garbage. Uh, Borough favourite Chris Wilder. <laughs> Yeah, he can't stop having a dig, can he? He can't even when he's um, <laughs> even when he's pre-recorded. He can't stop having a dig. He does like that. That's what the whole show is about. He does. It? Yeah, to be fair, we've no, we've, we've, nice we've, we've thrown a few barbs in his general direction this morning. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Um, you did mention earlier, Ray Morgan Rogers, uh, Aston Villa yep. have apparently made an improved bid for the Middlesbrough forward. Uh, yep. Obviously, two two proposals have been rejected uh, by yourselves. Is this is this a cause for concern uh, going into the semi tonight, or do you think um, do, you, do you think he's going to be able to focus on the job in hand? I think he's going to be able to focus. I think he said that look, he wants to move, but not at any cost towards the bar. He's only been there six months. The thing for me with Morgan Rogers and moving to Aston Villa is. Look, it's been six months. I, I think we've seen, you know, 
enough of Morgan Rogers to know that there's something there. But I just don't think he's reached his full potential yet at the borough, if that makes any sense. Now, I'm not trying to be, too, you know, disrespectful or anything like that. But I just think Morgan needs a little bit more time at this level before he moves up to the Premier League. And I think Aston Villa probably see that too, to the point where they want him. And we'd probably see something like a loan back to the borough for the rest of the season. We're not too sure the, the deals, but I doubt that Morgan Rogers is going to walk into an Aston Villa squad second in the Premier League. It just doesn't make, doesn't scream that type of move to me. So if he wants the move now then and then gets loan, you know, back to the borough, then that's, you know, that's all fair. Of course, you know, good luck to him. But I just feel like it's 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 not in anyone's interest that it needs to happen now if there is going to be a loan back of what they're dealing with. So um, it, it's just it's a weird one. It's a weird one for me. The timing of it, the the interest of it. I don't know whether it's you know we've heard rumors that it's to drive his price up. That you know, and, and there's all types of things. But he's a player we can kind of afford to lose as well. And I, again, no disrespect, but we've got Finazaz, we've got Riley McGree, Sammy Silvera coming back soon. You know, we've got Sam Greenwood in there, Izzy Jones, you know, Marcus Force is coming back as well. So we are kind of, you know, filled for depth in that area. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Rogers. I love what he's doing. He seems like a real club man. He's very, you know, in and around it with the social media, with all the boys, you know, and they all love him as well. So I think he'd be, a, you know, a bad club man to lose. But it's just, yeah, I just feel like he still hasn't reached his potential at this level with the borough yet and that it's a little bit too soon in his development. But... Who am I? You know what I mean? I'm just saying I'm looking after my club and, you know, looking after, you know, what I think is, you know, his best interest. But it'll be interesting. Uh, if it's a third bid, then it's going to be hard to turn down. Borough have been rumoured to say 10 mil or, or, or more uh, to get him over the line here, Radio Dad. And, uh, yeah, I think if we get 10 mil for him in the next week or so, that's something we can't say no to. I'd take it. Um Look, there's two, there's two sides to this. There's the personal side from the player's perspective, or if you like, professional side from the player's perspective uh, for his career. There's also the club's perspective. Now, I can understand Morgan Rogers wanting to go. I can, I can understand him being flattered by it. Uh, ambition's a wonderful thing, but it's also a dangerous thing if there's too much ambition heaped upon decision-making because we've seen many, many so-called uh, developing players who get an early move and then they disappear completely, and that's purely because yeah. they they look at they look at the oh they look at the, the the grass on the other side of the fence and they think oh how lush is that that's fantastic yeah, but then exactly. reality yeah. can re very quickly creep in and you can make that move and think how am I going to displace these players who are already playing their trade in this case for Villa in the Premier League um, they're already nailed on certainties on the team sheet. Uh, from Unai Emery on a, on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday or a Monday uh, the way the Premier League's played these days you know so I think Morgan's got to be careful in that respect I agree with you that he's not his development is not complete by far is his development complete the deal I'd be happy with looking at it overall from a Rogers perspective and a club perspective is exactly what you mentioned which is if we can get 10 million for him take it now but part of that deal is a loan back agreement till the end of the season. So we've got him in the squad yep. until the end of the yep. season. You've mentioned the players who are coming back. You're right, it's not an area that we have great concern over at the moment in terms of there are players who will be back in the next few weeks, few months, uh, certainly by the end of the season. We, you know, when, when we have that summer break and we can get players away from long-term injuries and, and you start afresh yep. and there could be new signings. So that yep. would be magnificent. So... 
if I was trying to negotiate it, I'd be saying to Villa, okay then, uh, give us the 10 mil. If we can agree on the 10 mil, you're loaning him back for the end mm-hmm. of the season, then he's yours in the summer. Um, yeah. If they can get that deal over the line, that would be a magnificent, magnificent deal for the Borough. Because one thing that I just quickly wanted to add was I feel like if from our full squad, if you sit down and pick our first 11, I think Rogers is on the bench for that. No, I'm, again, honestly, I think our best squad with everyone fit and everyone available, I don't think he makes that starting 11. I, I, and that's why I think, well, you know, if, if we're going to get 10 mil for him six months in, you definitely take that because you get Riley McGree back. He start, he has to start on the, on that left-hand side. You would probably argue Sam Greenwood's in that centre battling with Finna Zaz now. Izzy Jones seems to be locked in on that right, probably with Marcus Force. Again, if we've got everyone fit, you've got Emmanuel Latte, Lath, Josh Coburn up front, potentially a new striker that we get. So Rogers doesn't fit into that for me. I mean, and then you've got Hayden Hackney, Johnny House and Balassa behind him. And he's not playing there. So it, it just, it, that's what I'm saying is that it's just, it, I just feel like the timing of it, it, for you, him and his development, it's just it doesn't seem right. Are you basing that decision on what you've seen of Rogers outside of the last couple of weeks? Because he has improved, getting I a agree. regular starting starting point. He has yeah. improved, and look at the goals we've scored over the last three or yeah. four games. He's been central to quite a number of them uh, with his little yeah, passes, no, his little ball, you know, even 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 off the ball running and stuff like that. So he has improved as a player. I get where you were, and I'd have agreed with you. Uh, a month ago that he mm-hmm. is he is with a fully fit squad he is not starting but he is improving and he's showing signs of improvement and I think that's what Villa have picked up particularly the game he had against them you know that's I mean, that's, that's, that's what he came well. to light yeah yeah agreed yeah agreed I just don't know if he's knocking out a Ramsey or anyone like that from their starting 11 you know what I mean so no but we've got to make mm-hmm. a business decision haven't we and I think that business oh, decision is if we can get if we can get a good chunk of money for a player as you yeah. described a handful of weeks ago wasn't in your natural starting 11 um, yeah. and we can keep him until the end of the season that would be that would be yeah. magnificent 10 mil and Isaac from Newcastle please mm. <laughs> Well, might as well start another rumour off. I've had enough uh, over the course of the last <laughs> yeah, what impact? What impact's all these rumours going to have on on Newcastle, Steve? Well, I can imagine the training the training ground's been a laugh a minute uh, the last couple of days. Yeah, I mean, to be. You know, the, the players will have been back in. They've had a bit of a break. They've spent a bit of time with their families. Uh, we've seen some videos of the players on their social medias. You know, they've been all over the world and, and had, a, a, had a had a great time. But. Um, yeah, I mean, look, they're back to business, aren't they? I mean, they get paid to do a job. They're professional. Um, you know, they've all they've all moved clubs in the past, but I, I guess it's the unity behind the scenes. I mean, we it, it it has appeared over the course of the last two months that you know there's been something wrong. Um, I've, I've mentioned it on here. You know, there's been bickering amongst players. I mean, these things happen when teams start conceding goals or getting beaten. Um, I I don't know, but it just seems it just seems that. Something's gone on behind the scenes that maybe we're not, you know, we're not privy to. We don't know what's happened. Um, is it something personal? Is it something that's affected the the dressing room? Um, is that the reason we're seeing some of these players linked, or is it, or is it as simple as hold on a minute? You know, we we need to sell to buy, and and you know we you know we, we've we've known about this situation all along. So it for me it seems it, it seems unlikely that the FFP. Uh, situation is the reason that suddenly we've made these decisions in January to to potentially put our, you know, some of our key players up for sale. Something doesn't seem right. Something seems to have caused this. Uh, this will we ever find out? 
we probably won't. Um, uh, and and you know the, the the fact that it started with Joe Linton and then you, you know moved quite quickly onto Trippier to Wilson, um, you know it's taken us it's taken yeah. us away from the whole you know Bruno to PSG story. You know that was that was a, that was a, that was the other one that was that, that was, was a big the one, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I mean, as we're talking, you know, I I always have Sky on in the background, uh, Sky Sports, just to make sure that you know we don't miss out on any breaking news. And they're just showing some VT there of Kieran Trippier training yesterday. So it looks as if the guys, you know, the guys are all there, and they look you look as if they're having a great time. So you know, I, I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows what's going to happen? There's you know, eight this eight days now is going to be a long eight days. I I question Newcastle's decision to sell Trippier in January. I wouldn't question them on selling Trippier in the summer because he's 34 this year. Um, you know, I, I think by his own uh, by his own performance level, he, he's, he's probably dropped off minutely, uh, but he's still got the most, you know, still got the most uh, assists in the Premier League for anyone in his position. I think he's second in the uh, football fantasy list as well. You know, for, for, for me to get rid of somebody like Trippier in January says we're prepared to sacrifice this season and I think that's ludicrous. Same same with Wilson. So I, I don't know. I think that I think maybe we could be sitting back in eight days' time and going, What a masterstroke Darren Eels played. Um you know it it it's it certainly certainly seems as if there's something going on that we are completely unaware of and we're not privy to and you know I, I guess it'll all come out in the wash is a good old you know northeast saying and and maybe it will maybe we will find out what the grand scheme of things was what the grand plan was but um a lot of people using the phrase trust the process and uh, you know this isn't mike ashley you know don't panic but um you know we can't help it you know we had 14 years under mike ashley where things just continually you know weren't what they said on the tin and things went wrong so you know for me um you know i i, I wish the transfer window was closed i wish i knew where we were at and uh, now um you know it, it's going to be a long eight days for newcastle fans i think mm, it will be I, I wonder who again if it is that financial fair play just sneaking in and and, and i just think that i just keep thinking back to what you've said steve about this summer being one of the biggest for newcastle and I think it's just alluding to the fact that there have been some players that have probably wanted with their agents, sat down with Newcastle and said, right, I'm coming out of contract in the, in the summer or I want to know what's happening next year. And Newcastle have probably said, well, you're probably not in our plans. Or they've probably said, well, we'll talk about it in the summer and some of the players might not be happy with that. Hence all these players and being rumoured with leaves. I don't think they're all going to happen, but I do honestly, honestly believe that this summer is going to be a massive turnaround for Newcastle to get within that financial fair play where they can sign some big names. They've obviously got Tenali to come back as well. So I just think this summer for you guys is a massive turnaround and it's going to be a massive turn of, of players. We've seen the likes of Lewis Hall and all those loans as well. You think they'd be all sorted out. Harvey Barnes will come back and stuff like that. So it's going to be a massive, differently looking uh, Newcastle start of next season. And I think some of the players are sort of getting the the irklings of that now. And they've gone to their agent potentially and said, right, start driving up some rumours, start talking, start putting me out there because come summer, Newcastle don't want me. The other, the other thing that might be forcing the hand, Steve, is the accounting period. So the accounting period for financial fair play or profit and sustainability, whatever it's called uh, formally, um, is is before the end of a season. 
You know, it was was it wasn't it March and and it's moved back yeah. to January. So maybe there's a need that we don't that nobody's aware of other than the club hierarchy. Maybe there's a need to sell a player before the end of January or or, or before March. It could be, yeah. Um, yeah just point. just just to get get some cash in to to balance the books in the eyes of uh, FFP. Yeah, that could be the driving force. I know you're saying about Trippier and you wouldn't want to sell him now, but you'd let him go in the summer. Maybe that accounting period doesn't allow them to do that. Possibly, yeah. I mean, you know, again, you know, show me a person who knows financial fair play and, and can explain it, you know, exactly as it is because the goalposts have been moved time and time again. You know, Richard Masters is looking at the profit and sustainability in February. Uh, one would imagine that they were trying to make it difficult for one particular club to do business. But but, but for me, it looks as if, um, you know, it looks as if something like that might be the issue. Um, maybe they do have to do that, but it might just be a very clever move, as I say, by, by Darren Eels, you know, I I, I came out quite strongly against you know his statement because I felt it was dangerous. Um, I felt justified over the course of the last seven days when I've seen what's happened. Um, but is it part of a bigger plan? You know, I am not a chief executive of a football club. I've got no intention of ever uh, you know rising to those kind of ranks. But you know, I think the way that we all looked at it six or seven days ago was. Darren, this is in Atlanta. This is Newcastle United. And, you know, you don't realise what you're doing here. You know, you, you are going to ignite, you know, an absolute furore amongst the, the, the fans that read everything, you know, retweet everything. Um, you know, uh, yeah, honestly, you, you've got no idea what you're doing if you do this. But maybe he does. Maybe this has been the whole point. Maybe this is a huge distraction to something, that, something else that's going on. I, you know, I've, we've just got to... Do we say trust the process? Yeah, maybe we do. Maybe we've just got to sit back and wait and see what happens. There's nothing we can personally do. We can only sit for eight days now and wait and see what the outcome is. Um, and, and we might be sitting back in eight days' time going, wow, look at those players that we've yeah. brought in uh, that have replaced X, Y and Z. Yeah. Um, or look at that. Look, look at that. We've managed to get rid of him, but we've brought him in. That's going to transform mm. our season. So you know that in itself is is a possibility. But you know maybe it's a roll of the dice, which is going to be you know bring nothing. Um, so it, it look, it's interesting times. It's interesting. We're learning all the time about these owners. And like I mentioned earlier, Amanda Stavely's shareholdings down to six percent now. Um, prepare for life without Amanda and Meadad. Um, they were the face of the takeover. They were the people who I dealt with for best part of two and a half years to get this takeover through. Um, you know, what's people's thoughts on Amanda and Mia Dad suddenly disappearing into the ethos and us being left with Darren Eels and both uh, there, both there, both their stakeholdings been been reduced. No, no, just Amanda. Just well, Amanda. Amanda's. Amanda's married to Mia Dad, so they're, they're that that is. Oh you know, they, right, they are, got it. They they are Canterville, so their their shareholding is down to six percent now. So well, that, I mean, it, normally that would be if if there's been an injection of capital into the into the business. But you she mentioned can't put any, she hasn't put any money in in 2023. Which would mean if somebody else has, then your shareholding dilutes. I mean, it could be that somebody ah. could have put some money in. And she's also taken out three three consecutive loans to to fight le uh, for legal fees, yeah. which are, which which she has to repay. So, I, be, I think this is, I think this is the slow withdrawal. I think yeah. this is the slow withdrawal of Amanda mm. Stevie, and and they've been very very quiet, less active 
Darren Eels is the man pushed forward now to talk. That's his job. Uh, and it's it, we predicted this all along that they would go eventually. Um, but um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting times. I, I imagine at at some point, you know, PIF being the sole owners. I think that's what the deal yeah. was all along. She facilitated the deal. She helped the deal across the line, and she will yeah. eventually exit stage left. But. Um, 8.31 lads, mm. uh, time for one more set of sport headlines and then we will uh, focus very much so on a big semi-final taking place tonight. Together, across the northeast, three brand new radio stations by the fans, for the fans, on DAB Radio, online and smart speakers. Right across, right across the northeast, the red platoon and the Oh no, I'm nervous. I'm no. I know oh, what we're going to talk about. I'm nervous. I just, I just ran for another wee. Like I have never weed this much in my life. I just don't get it. It's just like my bladder is just oh, freaking out. Oh, side is nervous. The big match, oh. lads. Chelsea against Middlesbrough, second leg of the Carrier Bag mm-hmm. Cup semi-final. Mm. Middlesbrough go into it as I predicted with a one-nil advantage, and we are now looking at D Day. D-Day tonight, lads. D-Day tonight. And uh, it's a big one. It's a big one. Borough. Um, and those stats you read out before, I just add to the add, add to the excitement for me. Um, I love the I love the different permutations and previous results in semi-finals, etc. But this is this is huge. Sky Sports, all the focus of the world uh, is on uh, Michael Carrick's boys tonight. Um, yeah, uh, this this is the biggest game for for a long time, chaps. Right, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Um, yep. You've got your monitors back out the bin. I you've do. Got new, you've got new neighbours to upset. Uh, I do. You, you'll have you'll have your borough shirt freshly washed and ironed. Uh, the kids, the, the, the kids and the family will have their ear defenders on. Uh, the cat, <laughs> the cat will be out, um, fully fed, on its hunting for two hours. Whilst you're sitting, waiting, waiting to wake mm. up the neighbours. Are you looking forward to this, Ray? Are you, are you really that nervous? No, I am. I am generally excited just to be at this stage in the cup with my team. I mean, I am very nervous uh, just because I love this team so much. I think you know you can tell uh, how much I love this club. It's I, I, I talk about it now, like it being the home away from home in Middlesbrough, um, and getting up to watch it with whoever tunes in and, and being there, not by myself, but. 6am, I think it is for me, um, is, is, is massive. I mean, it's emotional, it's honestly, to talk about it. It, we, it is 20 years to the day, you know, that we that we were last in this stage of a final. Uh, we remember how that went and then we went on to win it. Um, to see us against the big boys, to see our logo, logo sitting there against Chelsea's, that's what you want to see week in, week out. This is where we match up with the big boys. Michael Carrick... Uh, has got a massive job on his hands. He, Mauricio Pochettino said yesterday that it's the biggest, it's the biggest challenge of his career uh, to get Chelsea above, you know, Middlesbrough tonight. Just goes to show you how you know nervous he is. He's saying it's the biggest match of his career, and this is the man that's been there and done that with all of them. Uh, you know, to say that hit the biggest game of his career is to get past Middlesbrough tonight at Stamford Bridge is is incredible. Look away from home, second leg, one nil. You know, it's not really anything to stand on. And I think Carrick will tell the boys that, you know, it's a fresh start. You've really just got to go out and play for everything we can forgetting what happened in that first leg because a one goal result really doesn't do much unless it comes down to a draw. 
So we really just got to start from, you know, the start. I hope that we don't go and park the bus because I would hate to see us trying to defend and hope that Cole Palmer misses 18 shots again because I just don't think he's going to miss as many as he did in, in front of, a, you know, a Stanford, packed Stanford bridge just won't let him. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the Borough lads and how they re react to it to a full Stanford bridge. You know, this is going to be, you know, a great, great night out for Chelsea fans to go to down to, you know, to Stanford Bridge, pack it out, and to see what we saw at the Middlesbrough where we packed it out with our scarves and everything like that. So it's going to be an intimidating atmosphere for these young squad. It's going to be intimidating for Carrick because it's going to be one of the biggest games he's had to manage in now for the first time. Obviously, he had a few chances at, at Man United, but... You know, he's been there now with Middlesbrough. He knows, you know, he knows it well. He's going to be on that touchline with Jonathan Woodgate and, uh, you know, and, and hoping that, you know, that he's going to be able to, you know, keep keep his composure and, and pick the right squad and get the tactics right, which I think he will. He's one of the calmest men I've ever met is Michael Carrick. He showed no emotion yesterday. He said how much, you know, little rest he's had because of the game since the weekend to the turnaround of this, do you know what I mean? And you know, he said that the boys will be ready to go and that he's excited and he's, you know, thankful for the fans and he hopes that he can give them a good show. So like you said, Steve, earlier, he's been there, done that. He's played in these types of games. He's very, very used to them. So as a young player, I'd be going straight up to my, my gaffer and saying, look, I'm nervous. I haven't slept well, gaff. You know, what, you know, what, what is your advice? And who better to get it from Michael Carrick, who's been there and done that. So Radio Dad, I don't know, you know, I don't know what it may be, but I swear to God, if we if we win tonight, tomorrow's radio show needs to be booked in for four hours, cancel every other show, because if we win tonight and beat Chelsea and we go into the final of a Carabao Cup, I tell you one thing, get the private jet because I'm coming over. Two, ring Steve Gibson because I'm staying at his house. Three, cancel all other shows on the radio tomorrow because I'm on for at least six hours. Four, uh, don't book any return travel because I'll be staying there forever. And fifth, um, uh, I'll be emotional. I'll be an emotional wreck because uh, such you is the You sound emotional now. You sound drained. Oh, and I that, am. You know, you I do. You actually sound tired. <laughs> I'm just scared. I'm just scared. I mean. That's what look, I am. It, it just, Honestly. It just, I don't know. It, just, it could go either Tell way. You for why. You know what I mean? Tell you for why I'm scared is because. This Borough team and this Chelsea team, there's every chance we could actually make the final. But the stars have to align massively for us to do so. So it's almost like, you know, if we were going to Anfield right now with the squad we've got and the injuries we're carrying, it would be let's go and enjoy it. Because I think expectation would be far less. However, this is Chelsea with 10 first-team regulars out. It's a, it's a bit of a misfiring Chelsea at times. Which Chelsea are we going to get at Stamford Bridge tonight? Now, I think I know which one's going to come out the traps, and that, that concerns me. But, you know, Borough's going there, and we can. And you say, don't park the bus right. I think if we have a go at Chelsea, we'll get beaten handsomely. I think they'll tear us apart because we'll give them the space to play like they like to play. So I think there is an element of parking the bus like we saw at the Riverside. We've got to stifle okay. them. We've got to chase the ball. We've got to close down space. We've really got to deny them. We can give them possession, but we've got to deny them the space to move forward with that possession. And we've got to defend like absolute gladiators in the arena. That's what we've got to do to win this game. So I think there is an element of parking the bus. I just think we can't be, we can't be too adventurous and too attacking. Mm. We've got to hit them on the counter. Then if we've got to hit them on the counter, 
nor Izzy, nor Latte no. Lal, who the pair no. of them had the speed in the, the first speed. leg to cause them problems. Latte Lal for the first two and a half minutes, but <laughs> but we don't have that tonight. So where is, where are we going to catch them on the break? It's not going to be it's not going to be the tree. Um, it's uh, it could be Marcus Foss. Exactly. Yeah. It could be force. He could be key to the Borough here yep. because, um, you know, in his wide position, getting the ball, Borough on a counter-attack, maybe he can cut inside, that sort of stuff. But it is it is so tantalisingly close and it's it's almost like that lovely luxury chocolate on a plate just behind that bit of glass <laughs> in the shop. You know, it's there, you can see it, you can smell it, you can taste it, but you just can't quite touch it. Um, that's what makes me nervous about tonight. Mm. But, but, it is a Borough side that draw against Rotherham. It is a Borough side who lose against Rotherham. Yet it's a Borough side who put in a fantastic display against Villa. I know. Who beat Chelsea. They're capable of absolutely anything, even despite 14 first-team regulars missing. That's why it's so <laughs> blooming frightening tonight. I know, because you just don't know who's going to rock up, right? I mean, it, it, for me as well, there's the, the thing uh, with the injury front, do you know what I mean? It's a completely different squad once again from that first leg. So mm. you talk about Marcus Force, he wasn't there. Do you know what I mean? We talk about no Emmanuel Latte last, so does it go but start? No Izzy Jones down that right. He was the one that passed it into Hackney. You know what I mean? I guess, Steve, for me, and you've been there and you've experienced, you know, games yeah. like this before with Newcastle. Do you... Do you, as a fan, look to your senior boys to try and set the tone for the younger lads? I mean, I would yeah. argue and hope that Johnny Housen and like that would, would yeah. be right there. I want Housen back. To, you know, yeah, yeah. I want, you know, those types of lads to, to be out there because I think at some point young tenacity is great, but you do need some of those older heads, right? Yeah, experience is key, isn't it? In games like this, um, you know, you need to have, uh, you know, you, you need to have the players up for it uh, first and foremost. That that you know that the initial walk onto Stamford Bridge, um, you know, then back into the dressing room, you know, uh, quick, you know, you know, quick look around, get 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 your rubs, etc., and then get yeah. get set down and get focused um, and and listen to what Michael Carrick's saying. I'm I'm not sure how Carrick does it. Um, you know, is is he somebody who takes the bull by the horns and does the team talk himself, or is he like mm. Gareth Southgate used to be? Is he is he somebody who leaves that to the uh, leaves that to somebody else? Um, he does his work on the training pitch and leaves it to somebody else for the talk. Is the captain going to stand up and say something? It's 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 all about the build up, um, but it's about it's about controlling the nerves and it's about essentially getting you know getting focused on the game in hand. And it it doesn't matter you know what level you're at, whether you're at the Carabao Cup level whether you're at the Champions League level, whether you're at Sunday League level, a semi-final is a semi-final. And it's all about the preparation. Yeah. It's all about the players available. And it's all about the, you know, the, you know, the, the preparation on the day um, and making sure that everybody knows their jobs. Um, major advantage, both teams know each other now. They've both played each other. Um, you know, Middlesbrough, um, you know, have, have got that kind of, you know, uh, they've got the advantage with the one with the one goal lead. Um, and for me personally, I I just think that Michael Carrick's experience is the key. I mentioned it earlier on. I think his his experience. He's a winner. He's been there and done it and got the T-shirt at Manchester United. And I think that'll be vital in in the dressing room. Um, 
as I say, he's he's been in these situations before. He can hand over experience to to those in the dressing room that maybe another manager couldn't do, and that's going to be vital tonight. And I, I genuinely think it'll be a bit easier than you think. Um, they don't score goals, Chelsea. They they misfire quite a bit, and um, the first the first twenty minutes is always key in a game. You've got to stifle the crowd. The crowd will be up for it. They're going to try and get behind the team. Um, but again, Chelsea are exactly the same as every other Premier League crowd. Um, you know, nothing happens for twenty minutes. People get people get downhearted. They start mumbling and groaning, and you know, it 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 it's just it's like a library, Stamford Bridge these days. Mm-hmm. And if you can get if you can do that and then get another goal, um, you know, get get a goal up. It's going to be a big big. It's going to be a big big night for Borough, I think. And I I do think I do think you're unduly worried. I don't think Chelsea are are the team that that that, that they were ten years ago. And I think I think there's pressure on Pochettino. I think there's pressure on Chelsea. And I think. It's all down to the preparation. It's all down to the first. It's it's all down to the first twenty minutes, lads. If Chelsea yeah, get a goal yeah. in the first twenty minutes, they're settled. They're comfortable. They know they've got another seventy to go, um, and they'll they'll start then trying to pick us off. We'll we'll start freezing. We'll start tightening up. We'll start getting a bit worried. Uh, I think the start is absolutely everything, and I'm I'm sure. You know, you talked about Michael Carrick there, Steve, and Jack makes a good point. Jack's being back, uh, back on and says, "Don't forget, we've got Super Michael Carrick." And I think Carrick's That's the right. sort of guy he'll have been doing his tactics. I don't think a lot will change between how we played Chelsea at the Riverside to no. how we play Chelsea tonight. So the players, the players, barring those changes that have to be made, the players will know what has to be done. And I just think before the game, Carrick will say to the players. Go on then, fellas, get out there and have a, have a feel of the atmosphere. And when the players come back in ready mm. to get their rubs and, and, and tie their laces up and, and get back out there to kick off, I think he'll just simply say, all right, that isn't it. You know, it's pretty good, that atmosphere, isn't mm. it, fellas? Now go and enjoy yourself <laughs> in it, rather than, don't forget this man, this man, do this, do that. Mm. I don't think he'll be that sort of coach. Mm. I think he'll just be so natural with the young players particularly. Just He'll be laughing and joking and taking the pressure off. I think that's the way he'll be approaching it. Yeah, yeah I mean, no, feel I to prepare, agree. prepare to fail, lads. It's as simple as that, and yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. what you've got to remember tonight. And I think I think Borough will be well up for this. I think there will be. I've, I've, I'm, I'm quietly, I am quietly confident that Borough will will do the job. They'll see the job tonight, and uh, I think they'll I think they'll get through to the Carabao Cup final. Oh my God, I'm gonna have to fly over. You realise that, Dad? I'm, oh, I'm don't worry, Ian Murder. Ian Murder last week, fellas, he, he's already had me commit on air to taking everybody down to Wembley. Um, mm, to do our, 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 our week length of programming before the final, so yeah, it's twenty fifth. You know, hit me with whatever you want to hit me with. Twenty fifth of February, dare to dream. Uh, I I will have to fly over. I I'm not even kidding. I will have to get my my Australian rear end on a plane and get myself over there for that. If we can get a ticket, I don't know if we can. Even if I can't, just being around and in there because what a night that would be. Now even. Just getting there. Obviously, I'm telling you, you know, fellas, if we, get to, if we get to Wembley, we will be uh, we will be presenting shows from down there. Oh well, yeah. So yeah, no, it's it's a massive night and it's a massive moment in Middlesbrough. You know, we're the, the only Northeast team to be here at this stage in the competition. We, you know, whether we lose, whether we win, you know, I mean, I am super proud of this young team because you know, look at that start of the season we had, Dad. Do you know what I mean? Look at that first. You know, eight, eight, nine games where we were in the relegation zone. You know, what I mean, we were saying Carrick we was out. Of the we were saying we were we were we were red, red hot trash. Do you know what I mean? And then 
all of a sudden, you flick forward a couple of months, we're in 11th in the championship and we're in a semi-final against Chelsea to make it into the Carabao Cup final. I mean, it just is incredible what Michael Carrick has done and he has to get the pat on the back, win, win lose or draw tonight. And uh, to, to give us Millsborough fans, you know, a moment to dream uh, tonight, you know, we've been away. That's the thing. We've had every Carabao Cup leading up to this apart from that first leg, was away. Do you know what I mean? We went we went away from all of it, and the, tonight's no different. So the squad's used to travelling. The squad's used to being up, you know, early or, or over in a hotel the night before, and, you know, it will be all about that. So it's interesting to see, uh, you know, how they prepare for it any differently. I don't think they will. I think, like Steve said, Carrick is the most calming influence. You look at him, you, 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 you know, you put your heart on your chest and you say, you know, I know that you've been through this, you know, I can lean on you. And he's going to guide the boys uh, in whichever way. And he's obviously going to be there to pick them up or he's going to be there to fire them up or he's going to be there to, to, to control, you know, their 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 nerves as well because uh, it's just the type of man management he is. The squad's a big one for me. The squad, the squad selection uh, where he goes down that path is going to be very different to what we saw in that first leg just due to the injuries again. Obviously, none of those signings in Luke Ayling and Finazaz can be picked. Uh, Rogers is now back because he was suspended from that first one. He obviously linked with Aston Villa. Will he do a job? Marcus Force comes back. Obviously, Tommy Glover's still in goal there. Is our back line. Who's going to go in that right back role? Because we've seen Luke Ayling now play there. You know, I mean, does he go? Does he go for that? You know, that Bangura Angel sort of thing where we had sort of five at the back, but unfortunately Bangura is still out with injury. So how does he set up there? So it's going to be great to see what Carrick sort of masterminds tonight and how he wants to approach it with the team that he's got and the players at his disposal. But uh, to say that I'm going to sleep tonight is uh, is is a, is a lie. Well, thankfully, I've got I've got a full day of business to do, so I'll, I'll be I'll be <laughs> lifting my head from the trough. At about six o'clock, going oh, just a couple of hours, and we're playing the game. So um, <laughs> I don't have to sleep, not like you, mate. Um, look, I think I think it's a massive ask to think Borough can win the game. I don't think we will. Uh, I don't think we'll win this game. Um, so my hope is for a draw. That's that's obviously going to take a huge amount of pressure off. Um, I just don't want. I'm 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 actually so proud of what the guys have done what the team has done, Me what too. Carrick's done. Of course. That even Definitely. if we lose tonight, yes, natural disappointment will be there. Of course. But of overriding course. all of that will be a pride in what we've achieved. Because look what we have achieved. We're a championship club now. Last time we had a sniff of this, we were a Premier League team with Premier League in and international players in the squad. We're not there anymore. Yep. We're not the no. same club as we were 20 years ago. And it's great to hark on about what we did 20 years ago. It was magnificent. I was there in Cardiff in the stadium. I had tears in my eyes, you know, when, when the full-time whistle went. And I turned around to my mate Andy who was sat next to me and I just said, we're in Europe. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what it meant at the time. We're not that yeah. club anymore. Football's moved on massively. Chelsea have spent a billion quid on players just in the last 12, 18 months. I mean, it is chalk and cheese. So for me, the pride yeah. is already there for what we've done. And we've achieved yep. it with a massive injury crisis. Yeah. This is not just a, a Leicester City team who've come down from the Premier League with parachute payments, who've had a decent run in terms of luck with injuries. This is Middlesbrough, yeah. who've had 14, 15 regular first-choice first-team players 
out and denied to us by injury, yet we still turned Chelsea over at the Riverside. That is yep. what I'm going to take out of tonight, irrespective yep. of the scoreline. But I'm telling you what, if we do make it tonight and get through to Wembley, I'm going to be doing a ride naked down the street. There's absolutely no doubt about oh it. Oh, my God. I am. I am. I'm, <laughs> I've done it once in my life. I'm going to do it again, mate. I am doing a, oh, mate. it's termed doing a rye. Oh. I'm going to 100% say hello to my new street, my new neighbours in full starkers <laughs> at 8am in the morning when the crowd, everyone is on their way to work. I will be praying, to, you know, I'll have just Riley McGree on my back and that's it. I'll have Steve Wraith's yep. face, on, you know, tattooed on my Come chest. Come on, Chelsea. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be the... Uh, to to make the final, what a, an absolute achievement it would be! And I, as I said, I'd ha I'd be I'd be looking at tickets. Steve, it's you sure and tomorrow. it's you and Ted. We'll have to dra uh, draft Daz in. Who's just walked through the door, yeah. by the way. Yeah, um, we'll have yeah. to dra it's drag him in because us two will be arrested. We will absolutely. It'll be perfectly yeah. time for Daz uh, again. Another Borough fan uh, today. Who is? Uh, are you nervous today, Daz? Um, I am. Yeah. I mean. Um, it's the biggest game in 20 years. Yes, uh, is it? Brighton? Yeah, One well, million. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Um, it's, I, it's there, I mean, yeah. they're up there, aren't they? Yeah. Of them are up there, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I just think how we played in that first half, in that first game, I think surprised a lot of people, including ourselves. Um, you know, the atmosphere was tremendous at the Riverside that night. Um, uh, the away fans tonight will be will be just as good. I think. I mm. think they'll they'll yeah, be agreed. they'll yeah. be incredible. Yeah. Um, but we've yeah. I think Steve said it earlier. That first twenty minutes, I think, is crucial. We've got to go at them. We've got to show them that we're there. We've got to get our mm. you know foot in. We've got to frustrate them, and we've got to wind the crowd up. We've got to wind the Chelsea fans up. Let's wind the Chelsea players up because yeah. if there's a red card and they get yeah. down to ten yeah. men, yeah, yeah, yeah. we've imagine, got to use we've got imagine. to use every tool. Oh, yeah. As as yeah, as yeah. unsporting as this is, <laughs> wind every Chelsea player up to such an extent yeah. that that elastic band snaps and they get a couple of red cards because yeah. I, I'll use every tool. I don't care. I'll use. I, I'm happily, <laughs> Michael. If you're listening, and I know you're, a big, you're, a big, you're a big follower of the show, Michael, just he tell is. the boys, wind them up to such an extent. That even though it's completely unsporting and you would never do it as a player, get the Chelsea players sent off early. There you go. <laughs> well, you know, I for mean, me, look, lads, just quickly, I yep. just want—I just want—I know that there's a there's a there's doubts over Johnny Housen, but Matt Clark has to start again for me tonight. I know he started against Rotherham, but his experience yeah, been a rock at anything. that level is going to be invaluable. I'd hate to see him dropped for the likes of Paddy McNair or anything like that. I wanted to see Matt Clark. And Dale Fry in that back line, and I want to see Johnny Housen with Hayden Hackney in that in that holding role. Uh, I don't know who fills in at right back. I guess a Rav Vandenberg. You would think he was rested on the weekend. You would think for this game. Mm. Um, so you know, I'd like to see you know that sort of you know Dale Fry, Matt Clark, and Rav Vandenberg on that pitch because they are three best defenders. And then you have Housen. You've just reminded me of something I hadn't even thought of, and this is so remiss. Is Hayden Hackney? What a stage yeah. tonight is yeah. for yeah. Hayden Hackney. Massive. And we all oh. know what character he's got. Oh. He will not be phased oh. by tonight. No. I just no. hope he controls no. himself tonight yes. because he will yeah. go snapping in. He will go looking for that ball when maybe it's not quite there to win. Yeah. So, But it could be a massive stage for Hayden Hackney to show exactly what he's got. And Lewis O'Brien, lads. Lewis O'Brien's mm, back. He's back, yeah. Yeah. 
Nottingham uh, Forest, Premier someone, League talent. Someone had said to me yesterday, uh, maybe the Rotherham game wasn't the, you know, the the best starter for for this match tonight. Well, actually, I don't know because I think Rotherham came and gave us a masterclass on Saturday about how to stop people playing. You know, they stopped us mm. playing in that first half. I also think their manager mm. sent them out saying they've got one eye. As much as any nobody would admit it, they've got one eye. Yeah, on what's coming next? Yeah. Go and upset yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Look at Hugill, what he was doing with his pushing yeah. him and all that stupid yeah. nonsense. Well, if that's what we've got to do tonight to stop them playing and to you know to take yeah. what Rotherham did to us, uh, particularly in that yeah. first half hour forty, you know, first half, uh, then I think that's what we need to do. Um, Agreed. You know, you you said I think it was you said it, uh, Dave. You know, it's about the stars aligning. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's it's every bit of luck. It's every bit of uh, Michael Carrick's nous as as a tactician. That's uh, the key, does. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 all those things coming together, like they did in the first leg, you know, yep. uh, with the hope that, that we Chelsea all know that lightning power. can strike twice. Oh yeah, quarterfinals. Yeah. Predictions and guys, I'm going to go one-one tonight. So uh, oh, I, I will that. love that man. Yeah. So so Borough to win two-one on aggregate. I'm going to go one-nil to the Borough, and it's going to be a goal <laughs> from. Uh, it's going to be a goal from Marcus Force. <laughs> I'm going one one two. Uh, one one two. One, That's two. not a result. Uh, I mean one one as well. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think they'll get one. I think we'll 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 get one back, uh, and we'll we'll sit tight and we'll win this game. I'm going to be the oddball here. Oh, I'm going for a Chelsea one nil win. Okay. Oh. And Borough to win it on penalties. penalties. Oh, oh. Oh. Do you think we can go through that again? I remember Old Trafford. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm going for a, a win on penalties. I cannot handle that. I cannot well, that's, oh. I look forward to tomorrow morning with anticipation. Well, Enjoy your night tonight. A quick one, win Steve, penalties. a quick one. Uh, Rai is on tonight with his watch along. Yeah. So if you want that unique yes. angle, Borough fans, on the red tonight... Um, I'm sure we've got to do some stuff around it as well. So we haven't even we haven't even worked out what we're doing. No, I've noticed through no, the radio stations are starting no. at six now. I wonder where they got that me. idea from. But uh, <laughs> we'll sort it out. But Ryan's going to be on with that unique Aussie uh, angle on I the will. borough. Yep, and apparently on my show as well tomorrow because I'm having a morning off if, oh, if yeah, we yeah. win. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Six yeah. hours was yeah. it, Ryan? Yeah. Big fat yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, the morning show, Steve, lock in for six hours tomorrow if we win, mate. Because uh, <laughs> we're not we are not cutting off at all. <laughs> Have a good one, lads. Yeah, See you tomorrow you. morning. Take it easy. Cheers, boys. All the best. <laughs> From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the north.